Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. All right, today I want to talk to you about this major thought that God has for us, which is number two, is that I am invaluable. I'm invaluable. What does this mean? What does invaluable mean? It means that you are uniquely valuable to God. Amen. Amen? You're valuable because of you. You're valuable because just who you are. God loves you just as you are. And he loves you with exceedingly great love. I don't know if that means anything to you, but it profoundly means something amazing to me. That the God of the universe sees me as invaluable. Amen? You're a child of God. You're invaluable to Him. You know, Jesus told this amazing parable, and we read it so many times, but I don't think we really understand the gravity of it, right? He talks about a shepherd having a hundred sheep, and one of them goes missing, right? You know this parable? And he leaves the 99, we sing a song about it, and he goes and he finds the one. You know? If you had a hundred dollars and you lost one dollar... Would you be like freaking out? You're like, yeah, it's just a dollar. Right? If you had five kids and you lost one, would you go, ah, it's just another kid? <laughs> would you do that? No, you wouldn't, right? Because the kid is valuable. So God says, you know, I have a hundred, but I've lost one. And that one is so significant and valuable that I know that 99 are safe, so I'm going to go find the one that's lost and bring that one back home. God doesn't go, well, I have like six billion people. If one gets lost, I don't care. No, he doesn't. Every single one of us are valuable to him. Amen. You know, we are so valuable that I can't comprehend this thought because I have trouble with it. That God figures out and counts. He doesn't just figure out, but he counts every hair on our head, right? I know he has trouble counting my hair, but I guarantee you he counts it. And you think about that. Why does God need to know how many hair I have on my head? I don't know. Do you know how much hair you have on your head? You don't know. What about the person in your life that's loving you the most? Your husband, your wife, your child that loves you more than anyone else. Do they know how many hair you have on your head? They don't. But God does. Because you're so valuable. Is that important information? Is that information going to change the world? Like, okay, well, now God knows I have no 15,002 hairs on my head. That means that the world is going to change. In fact, it makes no difference. But he knows. Why? Because he loves you so much that you're invaluable to him. And for God that cares about such minute things, how much more does he care about the big issues of your life? The big things that happen in your life. You are valuable to God because you are you. You are valuable to God because you are uniquely, wonderfully created by Him. You are His child. You're not just valuable because of who you are. You're also valuable because you were created for a purpose. You're not created by accident. You were created for a purpose on purpose right and the reason that a lot of people find this difficult to believe that God has 
value in them is because when they look around church, you know, you look at things that other people do and they look on stage and they look at people singing or doing something and they go, well, you know, I'm just here. I don't think I'm valuable enough. I don't think if I don't show up, no one will miss me. I'm not that important. You know, and we miss, we, miss, we understand that I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't know the scriptures enough. I don't know everything from back to front of the Bible. So, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm here or not. I want to tell you, that's a lie from the pit of hell. That God values you. He doesn't look at, you know, how much you are doing. He looks at your heart. He looks at what's happening on inside. And that's the lie so many people in church believe that when it comes to church, I'm not important. I don't even need to be present. You know, if I went here, it wouldn't matter much. If I wasn't doing my little part, it wouldn't make that much difference. My prayer and my prayer for, for us, my prayer for Transform is that you see how invaluable you are to God. That you look through His eyes and see how much value he has placed on you, every single one of you. That he loves you so bountifully, so immensely, so unendingly. You are uniquely prepared, designed with divine gifts, passions, and talents. When God created you, he put you at this moment in history because it's at this time you can best glorify God. Did you know that? He could have chosen any period of time for you to land you, but he put you in this time, at this time, because at this time, you have the unique experience of bringing him glory, because he designed you for this particular purpose, and this particular time. And so therefore, you're invaluable to him. In fact, I want to show you through a metaphor that Paul talks about in scriptures, because he's talking to the church at Corinth, and like the Corinthians... They weren't, you know, born of noble, noble birth. They weren't like the upper echelon of society, as we talked about last week with the Pharisees. They were, some of them were slaves. Some of them weren't highly educated. They were working class people like we are. They went to work. They did things like, you know, we did. They weren't born with a silver spoon in their mouth. They didn't have a huge bank account so they could live off. They were insecure. They had problems. They had issues. They had life problems. And so Paul writes this amazing letter to them because he wants them to know that you're valuable to God. right? And he gives this amazing metaphor. Right? And I want to share that with you. This amazing metaphor. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm going to paraphrase. You'll see the scriptures up on the screen. I encourage you to go home and read it because it's such an amazing scripture. He said this. The human body, right? Can we all identify with that? Yes. Do you have a body? Yes. yes. The human body has many parts. And many parts make up the whole body. And so is the body of Christ. Amen. Right? We have many parts in our body, but we all have the same body, right? right. You've got a ear, right? Everyone touch your ear. You've got an eye, right? You've got a nose, you got a mouth, you got a hand, you got a foot, you got an elbow, you got a knee, right? The human body has so many different parts, I didn't even name all of them. There's some seen parts and some unseen parts, right? We talk about the heart, but I don't see your heart, right? When we ask, would you give me my heart, your heart, you don't 
jive into your chest and bring out a beating heart and go, here, this is what you want. Here, I'm giving it to you. No, that's not what we're asking for, right? But we have so many parts. And so Paul is comparing the body to being part of the body of Christ. It's a metaphor. I'll try and explain this to you in a simple term, right? We're going to have a little game. Are you ready for a game? We're going to be re-interactive this morning. All right. Stand up, everyone stand up. Okay, put your right hand out and shake it all about. You remember this? Right hand, shake it all about. Yes? Put your left hand out and shake it all about. Right? Okay, turn to your neighbor and go, was that my hand or yours? You sure? Because when we're shaking our hand, did it not become part of our body? Or was it off doing its own thing? Did it run away and go, okay, I'm going to go over here and shake and I'm disconnecting from you? No, you sure? Okay, put your left foot forward and shake it all about. We're line dancing this morning. (laughs) All right? All right. If you can, be nice and poke your neighbor. Just poke him, poke him, poke him, yeah. All right. Where did you poke them? In the arm? Did you poke them or did you poke their arm? You sure? Was it them or their arm? Their arm? Was their arm not part of their body? You sure that was part of the body? All right. You can sit down. We're not done yet. Yet. All right. We're going to play a different game. All right? What I'm trying to get you to understand is... Sometimes we think of ourselves disconnected from each other, but we're all part of the same body. When one of us hurt, we all hurt. When one of us is missing, we're all missing. You didn't get up this morning and go, you know, my hand hurts. I'm just going to chop it off and leave it at home and pick it back up later. Did you do that? If your foot hurt, you go, you know what, foot I want to go to church, but you're not being cooperative, so I'm just going to chop you off, leave you at home, pick you back up later. We don't do those things because we understand that no matter what part of our body is disconnected or hurting or in pain, it's still part of the body, right? Wherever it goes, we all go. All right. I want you to look at this in a, in a different way. We're going to look at some beautiful pictures, and I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and you just yell out the answer, all right? You ready? You sure? All right, so we're going to look at this group of pictures. And so the first one we're going to look at is number one. Let's put that up on the screen, image number one. That's elephants, right? We're familiar with that? You sure? All right, so here's the question. What's a group of elephants called? Heard. You guys are good. All right. I knew some of this. Some of them I didn't. I said, you guys are really good. All right, next picture. This is a group of lions. What's a group of lions called? A pride. All right. Let's go a bit more. Next one. This is a group of cheetahs. What's a group of cheetahs called? (laughs) Anyone? A group of cheetahs? A group of cheetahs is called a coalition. Don't Google. It's called a coalition. All right, next picture. What's a group of donkeys called? Be careful now. (laughs) 
What's a group of donkeys called? Anyone know? It's called a pace. A pace of donkeys. I knew this one, but this is really interesting. What about the next one? A, a group of crows. Anyone know what a group of crows is called? It's called a murder of crows. Did you know that? <laughs> Scary. <laughs> it's called a murder of crows. All right, next one. Vultures. Anyone know? It's called a committee of vultures. Right? What I want you to notice about this is each animal on its own has a name, but when they group together, they take on a new identity. You understand? When you're by yourself, you might be called a Christian, a Christ follower, a follower of Jesus, whatever it may be. But when you gather together, you take on a new identity. And Paul says that when you come together, blood washed, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, baptized believers, that you're no longer called a Christ follower, you are called a body. Do you understand the difference? When you're by yourself, you might be an elephant, but when you're part of a group, it's called a herd. When you're a crow by itself, sometimes they're annoying and they sit on the roof, it's just a crow. But when they all come together in a massive swarm, it's called a murder of crows, right? Sounds scary. And so Paul is saying this image. He's saying, you know what? When you're by yourself, you might be a Christ follower doing your thing, but when you gather together, whether it's two of you or three of you, you become part of something greater. It's called the body of Christ, right? And you're valuable. In other words, you become his hands in the service of his people. You become his feet when you carry the message of the gospel to various places that have never been before. You are his mouth when you fill, uh, talk about others, encourage others, and lift others up about the goodness and the graciousness of God. You are his heart when you express his love and his grace to those who are hurting and going through pain. You are invaluable. You are a valuable part of his body. Anytime the enemy tells you or someone else tells you that you're not important, you look back and say, no, 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 I'm part of his body. God sent his son for me. His spirit dwells in me. I am an invaluable part of God's body. I belong. I'm not absent. We have to understand that. And what I hope you'll understand and embrace is this, that every part of the body matters right every part matters whether it's greater in our eyes or less significant every part matters and it's almost as apostle paul saying and he's writing this and he could sense that some people might feel like you know what i'm not important i'm not good enough it doesn't take much i don't know what i have i don't have it all together i have issues i have problems i don't know if i'll make a difference and paul is saying no because look what the spirit of the lord said through him And this is what Paul says in verse 14 of chapter 12. He says, using this metaphor, he says, Yes, the body has many parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because it's not the hand, that doesn't make it any less part of the body. Right? If the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would it make it any less part of the body? How would you hear... If you just had an eye. Imagine there was just an eye. Remember Monsters, Inc.? The guy who just had an eye right? <laughs> and feet. What if you just had an eye? 
how would you hear? How would you, you know, smell? How would you interact? Every body part matters. And I love this portion of scripture because oftentimes we feel like we are lesser part of the body and we are a smaller part that's not seen. And Paul is contrasting this between the eye and the ear. And he wants us to understand. Think about how much attention we give the eyes as opposed to the ears. Right? Think about that for a second. We often talk about eyes more than we talk about ears, right? No one just glared lovingly into your ear and said, oh, your ears are really sexy. (laughs) I love the color of your ears. And if they do that, you probably don't want to hang around them because they're really weird. But no one ever said that, right? Think about this. You know, we have lots of movies and songs and sayings, right? Have you ever been James Bond in For Your Ears Only? (laughs) Right? Would you go see that movie? Because there's a movie called For Your Eyes Only. But what if it was just For Your Years Only? No? How about a song, Years of the Tiger? <laughs> Would that song be a hit? The Years of the Tiger, right? I only have years for you. <laughs> Not that attractive, no? See, the eyes getting all the tension. Or think about these famous saying, Beauty is in the year of the beholder. Right? I've got stars in my ears. (laughs) You're the apple of my ear. (laughs) You see, the eye gets all the attention. The ear could go, you know what? There's movies about you. There's songs about you. There's things about you. What do I get? I just sit on the head by the side. I'm not even the main attraction. Right? But it's still part of the body. We need it. Imagine if your ear went missing and you could not hear. There's many people that can't hear, that don't function the way we function. Sometimes we don't give attention to one part of the body because we think it's not as attractive as others. And we put certain emphasis on one part of the body rather than the other. You know, we love to look into people's eyes and we talk about eyes. And, you know, no one ever talks about people's noses. (laughs) Your nose is really attractive, you know. Imagine you went to you know, the, the shopping center and rather than the optometrist, you have like the nosologist. You know what they call a rosologist? It's really insulting. It's called rhinoplasty. I'm like, that's really insulting. Why would, why would you call it rhinoplasty? Poor rhino. It already knows. It has this huge horn. <laughs> but, you know, we're we talking about people's noses. What color would you like to you know, put your contacts? Like you put different eye colors. How about we paint your nose a different color? Right? Think about it. We put so much emphasis on one part and maybe not another part. But does that mean the other part does not have significance? No, it does just as much. It's just as important. And sometimes you have to understand that every part matters. You're valuable to God. Your role, your presence, your voice, your opinion, your contribution, it matters to the household of God. It's important. And that's what Paul says when he gets to verse 22. In fact, he says, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and some seem to be the least important are actually the most necessary. You know? There's sometimes we overlook things that don't get as much airtime, as much attention. You know, some people are on stage or on the platform and we see them more than we see other people. But that does not mean that other things are not working. 
Every single part matters. You matter to the body of Christ. You matter to the church. You matter to us. And just because sometimes no one says so, does not mean that God does not recognize it to be so. Amen? Amen. Did you know our prayer warriors gather and pray sometimes when no one else is here? Sometimes they're here by themselves. One of them comes and there's no one in the church and they're here by themselves praying. We might be home watching TV or doing something else, but they're praying and filling this atmosphere, filling this room up with the worship and the prayer of our holy God. And they're praying for you while you might be out there doing something. You don't need to feel guilty about that, but I want you to understand that there are people here doing something. And just because you don't see it does not mean it's not happening. You know, the lawn out there didn't mow itself, right? The toilets didn't clean themselves. The carpet didn't vacuum itself. Things around the church didn't happen by themselves. When you show up on Sunday and all of it's done, did magic pixies show up in the night? You know, the little cobblestone and get it all done. And we showed up and go, oh, isn't this great? Everything's done. People are here doing stuff. And just because you don't see them does not mean they're less than what I'm doing up here on a Sunday. They're just as valuable and just as important. And when you're not here, even on Sunday, when you think, oh, it's not important if I'm there or not. If I miss out, it's not going to be a big difference. They won't even notice. But when you're missing, part of the body is missing. It's like cutting off the hand, like we talked about earlier. And it's at home, it's just... Do you miss your hand? If you, walk, if you rocked up and you were missing a foot, would you notice? Would you go, um, yeah, I just got up this morning and, you know, I don't know what happened. I'm just here with my crutch. My foot seemed to have wandered off. <laughs> no one does that. We'd notice. And the body of Christ is a group that gathers together. We'd notice when someone's not here. There's an absence. And your presence is valuable. I hope you understand this. Just because we're not visible does not mean we're not important. So now, a lot of us, we think, well, I don't know the scriptures enough. I don't know, have enough information. You know, I have problems in my life. There's issues in my back, in my past. I've, I'm carrying this and I'm doing that. And, and, you know, I don't know if I can do anything or contribute anything. But I want to let you know that your past is not a crutch. Your past is God preparing you for your amazing future. Right? When you smile at someone, that person needed that. When you embrace someone, that person needed that. When you're there to greet someone, that's just as important. It's just as valuable. You're intrinsically valuable because you are a child of God. And more so because you're practically valuable because you have some gifts that God has planted in you. You have a talent. You're part of the body of Christ. The church is incomplete without your contribution. You're called by God. You're chosen by God. You're capable of doing what God has created you to do because you're part of the body of Christ. Think about this. For a second. Have you ever been asleep? And this happens to me a lot. I I fall asleep and I wake up and my arm's really asleep because I slept on it. 
and it feels like pins and needles and you can't move it, right? And then you have to like try and get it alive, you like wake up, and it's like, it doesn't function that way. Can I say this? Sometimes, some of us are like that arm, we get paralyzed and we're not awake. And we're not functioning the way we're supposed to be functioning. Turn to your neighbor and say, wake up. Wake up, church, wake up. Because some of us, we're paralyzed because, you know, and we're not functioning the way. And when it's not functioning the way that it's supposed to, the other part of the body has to do extra in order for you to more, be mobile. You can't walk the way you should be able to walk if your leg falls asleep until you wake it up, right? You have to wake it up and like, okay, get up, and then you can walk. If your hand is paralyzed, you can't eat a meal or drink a glass of water because it's not functioning the way it's supposed to. You have to wake it up. And sometimes that happens in the church. Sometimes we're sitting there, we're paralyzed, and we're not functioning the way that we're supposed to be functioning. We need to wake up. Because God sees value in you, the church sees value in you, and you're intrinsically important to the health and prosperity of the body of Christ. You're valuable. You've got something unique to offer. Others might have to put in more than you because sometimes we are asleep. Sometimes we, we're not present. Sometimes, you know, we show up when we want to. We're not there when we unnecessary we think that if we are not here it doesn't matter but just as if your hand didn't show up it would matter to you when part of God's body doesn't show up it matters to him amen Amen? Amen. do you understand that you're valuable to God church is not a building that we go to it's an institution we are part of right the church is not a building we go to it's an institution that we are part of of we are living body we are breathing body we are feeling body and when part of us is missing it affects everyone else we have to be what Christ has called us to be because we are an invaluable part of the body of Christ and I said you might be saying I'm messed up my life has dark spots you don't know about my past Again, I want to tell you to this. Your past does not disqualify you from being used by God. So often, your past actually prepares you for what God is calling you to do. Amen? That's an amazing thing that you should say amen to. You know, you're prepared by God. You've been blessed by God. And the things that you've gone through is preparing you for God to use you amazingly for His glory. But if you say, I'm disqualified, God says you're not. You're actually qualified because he qualifies the disqualified. He's prepared you to heal others. He's prepared you to pray for others. He's prepared you to support others. He's prepared you. When you lose and go through pain, God prepares you to help others that might go through something similar. Sometimes we say we're addicted and you don't know my past, but your past prepares you to help those that are coming in that have the same afflictions or inclinations that you did that you can share your wisdom with and help through we're often intimidated you know sometimes we walk in and there's some people that we look to and go you know you're like a super christian you just float when you walk in the room like you have it perfect and i don't float so i'm not qualified that's actually a good thing because if you don't float you're like all of us 
We don't float. We have things in our lives. We have areas in our lives that God is still working on. I'm still a work in progress. You're still a work in progress. But here's the amazing thing. God thinks we're so valuable that he's working on every single one of us. He has not given up, but he has a purpose and a plan for all of us. We're just as important. Imagine what it would look like if we saw communities come in, if we saw people come in that are drug addicted and you know, addicted to different things and going through broken homes and broken marriages and broken lives. Imagine what would it look like if the church, the body of Christ, embraced, just like Tom was talking about, embracing people that come from different places. What if we all had a group hug? What if the church was just a loving entity that embraced the brokenhearted, the downtrodden, the hurt, the pain, the abused? What if we, the body of Christ, embraced them? What would that look like? How amazing would that be? Because that's what we, we think about ourselves as individuals. But I want to remind you that when we gather together, we become the body of Christ. We are His hands, we are His feet. Your life matters. Your story matters. Your talents matter. Your gifts matter. No matter whether they're seen or unseen. Think of what would be possible. Think how amazing it would be that the gifts and the talents that he's given you would be used for his glory. God thinks you're invaluable. See, Again, the church isn't a place you go to. The church is who you are. You're his hands. You're his feet. You might be his elbow. You might be his knee. You might be his little toe. You might be his pinky. And the pinky doesn't look like it does much, but cut it off and you'll miss it. Right? You're incredibly important. But here's the key thing that I want to leave with you. If you're not engaged if you're not expressing and offering the unique value for which you were created, if you're asleep, if you're dormant, if you're paralyzed, then something that God wants to get done is not being accomplished. Do you understand that? If we're asleep, if we're paralyzed, if we're not engaged in something that God wants to get done in this environment is not getting accomplished. Why? Because we are uniquely created to be part of his body with unique gifts and unique talents and we're all invaluable because there's no one else but you that God created to do what he's called you to do. There's no, you know, assembly line that if you don't fulfill, it'll just pop on next person. You're uniquely created. Every time you give, it matters. Every time you sow, it matters. Every time you smile, it matters. Anytime you embrace, it matters. Anytime you lift your hands and worship, it matters to those that might not, you might not even know of talking and listening and watching you. Because you're an example to them. Every time we gather, every weekend we gather, believe me, it matters. It's significant. It's important. Because the church is the body of Christ. I want to talk to you, those of you who say, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. 
If you believe you're a Christian or a Christ follower, can I get you to raise your hand? If you really believe that, that's what you believe. Don't put it up like this. Put it up like you believe it. Right? You believe that? I want you to ask yourself a question. Do you believe you're invaluable? Do you really? Don't just say yes. Think about it for a second. Do you really, really believe that you're invaluable? That God has a specific purpose and plan just for you? To be part of his body. And if it is so, what are we doing to accomplish that plan? What are you doing? Do you recognize the placement of God's gifts and talents in your life? Do you realize that? Do you understand that you're part of a greater body of Christ? That's what you're called to be. Do you believe it? Are you invaluable? Are you in? Turn to your neighbor and say, are you in now? Are you really in? And let them answer you. Did they answer you? Are you in? Are you in? Let's stand this morning. All right, church. I want you to pause for a second and think about this. So many times we disqualify ourselves, we think that we're not capable, we think that we're not able. God's not waiting for you to perfect your life before you can do something for Him. God's not waiting for you to get everything in order so you can look great and have your life in order and have everything perfect before you say, okay, I'm able to do, I'm in. That's not what He wants at all. In fact, He wants to see a work of transformation occur in you that He may use you in spite of your weaknesses. He's not looking for perfect people because perfect people don't need him. He's looking for broken people that says, God, I need you because I'm broken. I'm messed up. You don't know what I said last week. You don't know how I acted last week. I might appear on Sunday and look like everything's okay, but God, I'm going through pain. I'm going through divorce. I'm going through separation. I'm going through financial crisis. I'm going through all kinds of abuse and battering. I'm like beaten up. You don't know that. You don't know what the person next to you went through this week. We look like we all have it together when we show up on Sunday, but I guarantee you that none of us have it perfect. You and me. We all have areas in our life. We all have places in our life that we want to keep the door closed on. That we don't want to talk about. And oftentimes we say, when I'm, when I'm good, when I get this done, when I get that done, when I, I have enough money, when I have you know, my life together, when I'm not going through this crisis, when I'm not going through that crisis, then I can do something. Or then I could show up. Or then I can do that. Let me challenge you. It's when you're going through crisis is when you need to show up. You need to be invested. You need to be invited. Because last week we talked about the invitation. Christ does not wait for people who are perfect before he invites them. He invites them when they're broken. When they're despised. When they're far. That's when the invitation really matters. 
And tonight, today, I want to let you know that you're invaluable. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter how broken or messed up or things that are going wrong in your life. That's not what God is looking at. He looks at you because He loves you and He has value for you. Not on, not on what you've done, but on who you are. And your past does not disqualify you. You're invaluable to Him. You're so important. You're so loved. There's so many gifts. There's so many talents just waiting on the inside. It's like a gift package that you've left under the Christmas tree. And every year you look at it and you go, okay, next year I'm going to open it. Next year I'm going to open it. And it sits there. And there's a great gift in there. There's a great blessing in there. You could have used it a long time ago, but you're too afraid to open it. It just sits there. Looks perfect. And you're thinking, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. All of you are like that. All of us are like that. It's just a matter of when you decide. You, what you need to understand is that God is not there to push you down or to deprive you. He's there to bless you and to encourage you. You also need to understand is that you're not waiting on God. God is waiting on you. Because he's done everything he needs to do. And so you can't think, okay, I'm waiting on God. That, that's a mute and powerless statement to say that I'm waiting on God. Because that means that somehow he's inadequate and he's not. He's actually waiting on you because he's given you whatever you need to prosper. To get out of that problem, you already have the solution. If you have him, you have the answer. Whatever you need, whatever you're going through, no matter how deep it is, he is the answer. And so let's not make excuses for ourselves anymore. Let's not make excuses for our choices. Let's not make excuses for why we think we're not ready. I've encouraged you this morning through His Word, and that's what He wants to let you know, that you're invited and that you're invaluable. It's important that you understand that. Would you grab the whole hand of your neighbor as we close in prayer? I want to encourage you again Two things that I want to give you some homework assignment this week. Are you okay? Is that okay? So number one, invite people on Facebook just by sharing and commenting on that video. That's all you need to do. Comment on it. You can leave a comment like, oh, I enjoyed that or that's good or ask a question and like it. That's, it's simple. You're not even trying to push a button to do anything else. You comment and you like and your friends will automatically see that without you doing a thing. That's all you need to do. And two, be present for the next four weeks or three weeks because there's some amazing things. And I guarantee you, I promise you, if you're not here, you're going to regret it. It's going to be awesome. And I believe God is going to do amazing things. Amen. As we go through two more weeks, it's been two already, so two more weeks, be present, be in, be invested. Say amen one more time. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. We honor you and we bless you. We praise you and we worship you. We give you glory for who you are and what you do. Father, 
Help us to know that we are irreplaceable, that we are invaluable. And Lord, as we pray and reflect this morning, reflect on the the good things that you've done in our life, the things that you brought us through. And, And yes, sometimes we look at all the bad things and all the things that are going wrong, and we forget about the good things and the blessings that you've put in our life. And so Lord God, our hearts want to just cry, I'm available to you. We pray, Lord God, that as the Holy Spirit dwells in us, that He does a work of true transformation, that we come out and we understand that we are all valuable parts of His body. And some of us might be ears, and some of us might be toes, and some of us might be hearts, some of us might be elbows and fingers and eyes and teeth and mouth, but we're all just as important and we're all part of the body. For those of us who are not engaged, God, Help us see that we are part of the body of Christ. That we are created to be part, a functioning part of the body. And anytime parts of our body don't function, then the whole body becomes sick. The whole body doesn't function the way you designed the body to function. We have to go to the doctor and we have to check out and we have to get tests and things done because our body isn't functioning the way it was supposed to or part of our body is not working the way that you designed it to so I pray this morning that you remind us that you Jesus you are the God of goodness that you would leave the 99 and you would come after the one because that one was valuable and valuable to you and so Lord God as we build today as we build our church, as we build our social community, as we build each other up, as we strengthen one another in the truth of your word. Lord, I pray that you will begin to stir the gift and talents and blessings that are in each and every one of us already. That we might have put on a shelf and we might have counted out and might have disqualified ourselves from thinking and believing it. But Lord, that's not what you call us. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that the old things are gone, the old things are passed away, that we are new, we are brand new, a brand new creature, a brand new creation in you. And Lord, we know heaven hears our prayers. We know you hear our prayer. And Lord, we want to say that with all of us that I'm ready. We are ready to do what you've called us to do. We're ready by faith in Jesus, ready by the call of God, ready for the gifts and the talents you've placed in us, that we are ready to step forward and be what you've called us to be. No more excuses, no more past errors, no more past mistakes, no more looking at the things of our past, but looking at the greatness of our future, because you've called us to be great. And so, Lord, we pray as a church, as a body, We pray together in the unity of our faith and the unity of our strength that you would encourage us, that you would bless us, that you will fill us with your blessing. Church, repeat after me. Thank you for making me brand new. Fill me with your spirit so I could follow you by doing my part in your church as your church I am part of the body. My life is not my own. I give it to you. Now you have my heart, my life, and my future. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Would you put your hands together and give him some praise? God bless you. God bless you. Remember, share online. That's your homework assignment. And be present. Amen. Hello again. And thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.